0: courtside club is presented for the people by caesar sportsbook you bet you get with caesar's rewards must be 21 or older do you feel underestimated when you go out on the mat
1: no not anymore i walk up to somebody if we're about to go they really try to rip my head off because if they don't i'm gonna do it to them
0: you guys. I'm Rachel Amita and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today I'm joined by NCAA wrestler, professional track athlete, Guinness Book of World Record holder, and a motivational speaker newly, Zion Clark. Welcome to the Courtside Club. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. I heard about your story a few years ago, but it was only this week that I found out you were from Ohio. Like, how did I miss that portion of your story? I don't know. <laughs> that's I was kind. Like, of, I was like, that's Matt's kind of where line. all the
1: things, all the magic was happening, like for for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was awesome. Like being at Kent State and everything it was really crazy.
0: Actually, so, I saw. I watched your Netflix documentary the Mm -hmm. short and i saw the maslin jersey and i said hold up i was like is there a maslin other places in the country that i don't (laughs) know about then i dug into it right (laughs) so ohio also i love having ohioans on the courtside club i have a super random question before we even get into it because i feel like only ohio people know this and i want to see if you know do you know what jojos are
1: Yes, listen. I love chicken and JoJo's. Those yes, are those are smack.
0: Thank you, <laughs> thank you. You
1: know, you, you you ever went to Krause's Pizza?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Anytime uh, you, you're back in Ohio, go to Krause's Pizza.
0: They have JoJo's there.
1: Yeah, they're fire. <laughs>
0: you no, know, when I was a kid, we would always get chicken and JoJo's or pizza and JoJo's. But so explain to the courtside club fan because nobody's gonna know what JoJo's are unless they're from Ohio.
1: Jojos are practically potato wedges, <laughs> pretty much.
0: But they're really. But they're good. like really
1: crispy potato wedges.
0: They're so good. Yeah. Anyway, your story is so inspiring and super dope. You're an athlete on so many angles. Um, you were born with a very rare. What what what, what is it even called?
1: Oh, uh, it's called a uh, collar regression syndrome.
0: Yeah, which yeah. affects one in one hundred thousand people. Yeah. Looking back to how you grew up. Not only what you're doing now as an athlete, but how you grow up is so inspiring. Because you were in foster homes, mm-hmm. you moved around a lot. What was that like? Tell tell our courtside fam your backstory.
1: Uh, you know, I, I grew up through the foster care system, and it was challenging. You know, there was a lot of things going on from school life to from bullying all the way to being out in the street and being in different homes. Uh, throughout a span of 17 years, you know, like every couple of years or every other year, sometimes it was two back to back years, you'd be like placed in a different home. So like you got to readjust a lot, readjust a lot, readjust a lot. And each place, you know, new people, new, new ways of thinking, new, different, uh, different styles of parenting. And, you know, sometimes they didn't always work for certain kids, you know, each, each kid it, that's through the system, they're all different. Yeah. Just like everybody in this room's all different, you know, and, it uh, made for uh, a lot of uh, trauma, I guess, uh, coming up. And as I um, as I got older, you know, I learned to just learn from it. You know, use those experiences, especially with uh, the family I got adopted into, uh, and was able to use them, and they were able to help me to really get a hold of my own life and do what I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's a driving force in my life, but I would say it definitely was a big part given I'm only 24. So a lot of it was not too long ago.
0: I mean, being a kid is hard enough without all of those things. So mm-hmm. when you did get to your family, her, your mom, I've seen her in interviews with you yeah. now and you call her your mom. Yeah. What was that? Like what did she instill in you that was maybe different than these, these other people that you were growing up with?
1: Man, that was my mom. She, she's one of a kind. So when she took me in, uh, I was really hard headed. I had seen just, I had enough. I'd seen the worst. I was just pretty much done with everybody and everything. You know, if something made me mad, i would tell you about yourself. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't be nice about it. And it was just, I had this whole, like, gray cloud of dark energy yes over me all the time and she started just kind of working with me in different Mm -hmm. ways you know instead of like screaming at me or taking away food and stuff like that it was just like a conversation And nobody ever like for 17 years nobody ever actually just sat down and talked to me and let me let like let me tell you exactly how i think about what's been going on that was definitely a different change of pace and after that i started getting comfortable and like, that's one thing I I didn't really, I wasn't used to either. Like, uh, being comfortable, you know, being able to just relax and let your guard down. My guard was constantly up at all times. Like, you wouldn't be able to sneak up on me. Like, that's how hard my guard, like, big my guard was up all the time. And my mom really just kind of cooled me down. And then right. once I was cooled down, I was able to focus and then became like a, a multiple time track state champ and all these other cool things.
0: So how did the sports start? because okay wrestling you're you're known for that you were state runner-up right at masslin uh, no
1: actually i didn't even make it to states but i got a scholarship to kent state okay that's just how vicious the bracket was to get there yeah i was uh going through like sectionals and districts sectionals i ended up getting third place and uh was able to get in you know but my match just to like to get to third place Went into triple overtime, sudden death. Um,
0: that's the, that's the, yeah, the match yeah, that was featured. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely never going to forget that one. I remember after I won, I jumped a good, like, I don't think I've ever been, like, had so much adrenaline running through my body. I remember I jumped, like, this high off the ground, and my coach caught me. Yeah. It, it was super lit.
0: <laughs> Talk about your, your coach for a minute, because when I was watching the the Netflix doc, mm-hmm. he got so emotional, just like being in that ride with you and cared about you that much. What was your guys' relationship like?
1: Well, I met the man and his twin brother when I was like five, six years old. Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> How? Gil,
1: Gil and Greg Donahue, those guys really mean everything to me. They've both con- been a huge con- contributor in me being a wrestler. My styles of wrestling, i learned from them. Yeah. Uh, but I've uh, coached... Uh, Greg uh he was my coach when I was at North Canton cause that's where I started wrestling was North Canton you know, you know like Hoover High School yeah
0: yeah. Hoover, like, yeah yeah that's
1: where I started my wrestling
0: the uh, black, and, black and black and orange black and both orange. of your teams are yeah, black and orange I yeah I from Hoover
1: <laughs> to never had to change my clothes
0: right
1: <laughs> uh, but it was like I don't know he just was really invested he gave me a flyer he was my art teacher in second grade he gave me a flyer very beginning of the year and told me I should try out for youth wrestling. I don't know why he told me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I had no idea. I I was constantly in my wheelchair every day. I never really got out and if I did I was on the playground, but wrestling never skipped never crossed my mind and yeah. he just kind of gave me the idea. So I took it home to my foster mom at a time. And uh surprisingly, after being told no for a lot of things all the time, the wrestling was a quick yes, and I was just like, "Oh, oh wow. sweet!" Okay. So I got really excited. I got to go do something. And um, I remember he would just work with me every day. And then I went to Maslin, and I just found this out like two years ago. But he had called his twin. So they're twin. They're identical twins, by the way. Okay. So he had called his twin brother Gil, who was the head coach of Maslin, uh, as soon as I transferred school districts. And was like, "Hey, I got this kid." okay. Uh, he was yeah. like told him all about me he's like he's really good friend he's really good friends with your son who's uh who's jake uh gill's uh gill's son my one of my best friends he's like he's really good friends with jake uh definitely like help him out we'll put our heads together and i was like i didn't know any of this so for the next 10 years they were like putting their heads together without my knowledge trying to help me develop a style of wrestling and by the yeah. time i turned 17 18 it finally started to like shine through, and I was finally able to like figure out, break down what exact movements I needed to do to execute my moves and score some points.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna say because it has to be a brand new strategy for them.
1: They're geniuses. They really developed a whole new style of wrestling just for me. Right. I didn't develop that when I started. When they when I first started doing well in high school, that wasn't me developing my own style. Partially me, mm-hmm. but all the genius was them.
0: Okay. So, so talk about that a little bit if you could get technical with me. Yeah. So wrestling is a full body sport. Mm-hmm. You were born without like. So, what is that extra challenge to only be able to use because you're pinning people? Yeah. How did you? How did we even start practicing that? Was it was it strength first? Was it technique first? Or is it the perfect mix of both?
1: I mean, I was always strong. I just didn't have good technique. Okay. And honestly, when I first pinned somebody, I kind of did it by accident. I fell into a move I've never hit before. So then I remembered it and started yeah. drilling it nonstop. And I still hit the same thing to this day. It's awesome. It's, yeah. called a, it's called a tilt, but it's like mine is like a modified, unorthodox tilt.
0: Okay. Because
1: like you gotta get like a seatbelt, grip the arm, and then you make sure their body's kind of crumpled up, and you just take. Usually, you just grab the elbow. This kind of go over. But my thing, I go under the leg, behind your leg, grab your ankle, and then pull your ankle up to your wrist, and then lock them both down, and then I'll come down.
0: Huh. <laughs> yeah. That feels like math to me.
1: Yeah, no, it's really technical. <laughs> I'm but,
0: like, uh, my brain's having a hard time processing this. <laughs> no, but that's dope. So. And,
1: yeah, no, they really like, like, I hit it in a match that I lost, but I scored, I scored like two points. Yeah. You know, so those two points really helped me like develop a whole style and once I figured out what I, my strong suits were I found out when it came to starting in the top position I had I was strong enough to put up put up uh, put up enough pressure to like collapse and do what I want and I was also like strength training and speed training mm-hmm. so all that played into that
0: yeah you know you talked about in, in one of your interviews that you actually don't even enjoy lifting necessarily uh,
1: I, I can't stand it <laughs>
0: Wait, I, but that—that's hard for me to understand because I see you like hitting PRs and doing all of this training that looks so dope. So you basically just like the performance element.
1: Yeah, all my training is performance based. Okay, you know, I mean, not saying that like once I retire I'm going to become really fat, but like <laughs> I'm—I'm uh, going to obviously keep my body healthy. But you know, my stuff comes more in the actual technique of doing the action, especially when it comes to stuff like fighting and. Uh, Wrestling, because like here's the thing: I could be the strongest guy in the room, and get 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 my ass kicked by the smallest guy. You know, that's way smaller, way weaker, just because he has better technique. So, yeah. I learned a long time ago that strength strength doesn't matter when you're fighting. Okay. It's the technique and uh, placement of what if you're fighting where your fists go, where your attacks go, where your submissions go, when you go to execute, when you're wrestling, where your shots go, where your head position is what the angle of his feet are is depending where you can like p- ankle pick him or snap his head down, you know? So yeah. It's like it's real, it's, it's real technical.
0: <laughs> so how did you transition into track?
1: I watched my sister um, win a state title and break the state record in long jump with a torn MCO. Wow. So yeah. your
0: whole, your whole family is a no excuses family. It yeah, seems. <laughs> no, no
1: I was, it was, it was crazy. Like yeah. my sister won a state title and then the year after I won two state titles. So then you walk into my school, you walk, if you walked into Massillon High School right now on the big like champion board, Massillon only has 12 state champions.
0: Okay. So me and my sister
1: are one of the 12. Amazing. So my my name is right next to hers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's awesome.
0: Amazing. So how did the the Guinness world record come about? That was, what year was that?
1: A year and a half ago.
0: Okay. So how did that come about? Which world record do you hold?
1: I hold the world record for being the fastest man on two hands.
0: What is the distance? What's was the 20 time? Twenty
1: meters and uh, four points four point seven seconds. Four
0: point seven seconds. Yeah. Like, how did you even know? To I'm like, okay, this is a this is a record I want to break.
1: Shoot, I was I was just filming content at Redondo Beach at this high school football field with the Real Deal Squad and Craig and all the homies and. uh i was like i asked the videographer i was like yo man want to record this video of me running because i was like working on sprints like yeah. you know conditioning stuff and he was like yeah so like he sprinted right next to me as i took off next thing you know we got hit up by guinness
0: that oh, was so. dope yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like hold on a sec can we come and film you and time you
1: yeah pretty much and yeah. then next thing you know i'm in i did i'm at i'm in Maslin, ohio uh, inside the indoor football facility, breaking a world record. Cool. Setting a world record.
0: Has there been anything that you you haven't tried yet athletically? Sports or just things that you want to tackle?
1: I mean, I'm already tackling uh, MMA right now. I got myself a first pro-level fight uh, October 29th. Uh, looking for the opponent right now. Uh, but as soon as they got one, promotions go out and uh somebody's getting knocked out.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anybody that's like on your your hit list?
1: Not yet. I want to I want to te- I want to see how I feel in there. Okay. Get to know who I'm up against and then I'll start knocking heads and calling names.
0: Who's in the combat world is like your training goal or somebody that you'd love to work out with?
1: I mean, I've kind of done mostly what I wanted to. Really <laughs> yeah. like who? Like who? Uh, I got to train with Anderson Silva. Um, We're actually uh, really good friends with him and his family. Mike Perry. I work, I train with Rampage Jackson every day down in Long Beach currently. That's
0: where you came from, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've trained with Chris Cyborg. You know, like I've learned from a lot of people. Has there
0: been anything that like stood out to you of advice or tips when you're with these people that, you know? Some fans like us wouldn't know.
1: Blocking punches is a lot more simpler than you think. Huh. Yeah. It's all. It's more about like, if someone throws a straight punch, everybody's thinking you got to put your hands up like this. But literally, you can still guard right here and defend right here by just doing a simple. Okay. It's
0: easy. So it's basically just like simplifying your movements, yeah. So then you're not wasting the energy yeah. doing that also. Because your
1: body needs a constant flow of oxygen. If you're doing useless stuff that's just exercising yourself more just to get to the same goal, something you could do in a more simpler way, you're losing like you're losing energy. And here's the thing, after so long, your body is like really trying to pull in oxygen. And the less oxygen you have, less oxygen, less action. No oxygen, no action.
0: So what does a typical training day look like for you?
1: Well, I get there, somebody probably punches me in the back of the head because I think they're funny. Uh talk to coach then we uh start our warm ups, start running, then we start drilling and then we keep drilling.
0: What is drilling?
1: We drill striking, we drill Okay. Uh grappling, we drill wrestling. And sometimes it's like we drill all of those and not a spar but like we have we can only do certain things like today. Um our, uh, like semi live goes before, like, our full sparring at the very end was like, uh, guy A can only, a guy A can be on a full attack, but the guy in defense, we can only counter. Oh, so we can't he, yeah, throw yeah. shots back okay. just because we think he's open. Yeah. So he hit like, it's something like somebody's constantly pressuring us and we just gotta defend and counter, defend and counter. Whatever okay. they throw, they throw an uppercut, stop it, counter. You know what I mean? Like, but like, you don't know what it is because we're not told to do a certain thing. Yeah. We're told, throw, somebody throws punches, somebody counters. Yeah. You know, and it's, it make, it keeps, it's like, it's a good type of training because the uh, probability of something being completely uncertain is at 100% all the time when you're fighting because you can't read that person's mind. You can read yeah. their body movements to a certain degree if you really pay attention, but like, that only goes so far too. So you just got to be ready for the unpredictable.
0: I do want to dive deeper into your story, but I do want to take a halftime break if you're down with that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, since we're both from Ohio, I felt like it would be fun to do a Start Bench Cut Ohio edition. First, we have Ohio athletes. So athletes from Ohio. right. We have LeBron, of course. We have Russell Wilson and Simone Biles. Yeah. Start Bench Cut.
1: Obviously, I'm starting LeBron.
0: Okay. Start LeBron.
1: And then I'm benching Simone Miles.
0: Okay. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Russell.
1: Yeah. Sorry, two. he didn't do this too well in football the last couple of years.
0: We have two GOATs <laughs> uh, on our team. Okay. Ohio music artists. Okay. We have Kid Cudi, mm-hmm. John Legend, and Bone Thugs. Bone. You're, like, kind of young for them, I feel like.
1: I got a uh, like a small connection of Bone Ducks, a little bit. Uh, but uh, no, ah. uh, my uh, other, my old manager, my other manager, Tony Maranozzi, was like real good friends with, uh, you know, they're an older crowd. Yeah. Yeah, so like real good friends with their managers and stuff. So I sat down, had like this big, nice lunch, and okay. got invited to the Cleveland Browns Steelers game that I couldn't go to because I was giving a speech in Columbus.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: but no, they released, they um, they made the new song for the Cleveland Browns. Oh no! Yeah, the New intro song. So I got, I have it on a little like uh Cleveland Browns wrist wristband hard drive that says Bone Thugs on it, then it says Dog Pound on the other oh, side.
0: D- okay, so yeah. so where do you have them? Hmm?
1: So where Wait, you I'm have probably them? starting. So, so we're gonna yeah. start Bone
0: Thugs. Cool. Okay. We used to like run out to their music in high school. Yeah, that no, <laughs> yeah. <it> was lit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay, so Kid Cudi and John Legend.
1: Mention Kid Cudi's. Uh, Cutting John Legend. Okay. Yeah.
0: Honestly, that's what I would do too. Yeah. I mean, John Legend's talented, but. He is,
1: but he's okay. It's an buddy. acquired taste yeah. in music, I
0: feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't want to feel sad.
0: <laughs> okay. Football teams okay. Ohio State, Browns, and the Bengals. That's
1: so unfair. I'm from Maslow. We're connected to all of them. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's so unfair. I know. Uh, that's a hard one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well who are we starting we'll start with that
1: we're starting i think we're gonna start we're gonna start the browns
0: so the browns okay yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i'll take no i'm from akron i was cheering for the Bengals in the super bowl yeah, i was i was gonna say the
1: Bengals because like paul brown created Bengals and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like i like the Bengals up until recently for the last like 50 to 100 years their stadium was named paul brown tiger stadium just like Massa yeah yeah so like it was really cool so i was about to be like eh, i can't i'm gonna bench the Bengals and cut the ohio state
0: oh you're cutting okay yeah. just because you went to kent
1: no i just like the Bengals. okay
0: too. <laughs> so browns and Bengals. i don't know maybe maybe we'll have another good luck streak with i tweeted i said this is the year for the ohio Brown, the, sports Br- the browns
1: won their first game i pretty, know this like, yeah
0: I was amped up about <laughs> Me it. too. And the Bengals lost in overtime. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <know. laughs> <laughs> no, but... LeBron, like, I'm from, I'm from kid,
1: I grew up in Kent. Yeah. I, I went to the Cleveland Browns game when they were like a dollar a ticket when they went 0-16. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes it's rough for us Ohio sports fans. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We've been those through were, the Those rumor. were trying times. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, this is kind of a wild card, but I have Ohio celebrities so we have Holly Berry, we have Dave Chappelle, and we have Thomas Edison. I'll think wisely. I'm starting Dave Chappelle. Okay, we're uh, gonna start him. Su-
1: super, super funny. Um, Bench and Holly Berry cutting Thomas Edison. I heard so that he. Act- I heard that lights. he actually. I heard that he actually stole the idea for the light bulb. Somebody else created it, but then he put his name on it.
0: So you that, think, I think
1: that's, like, factual, too. So
0: you think even if you cut him, then the other person would have still invented the Yeah, we still label? have lights. You think <laughs> we'd still have it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. You know, I tried to throw you a wild card, but...
1: Nope, I'm on point. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, I like that. Start, bench, cut.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: Time for the second half. <laughs> <laughs> all right, people. We're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. See, it's not just about the daily promos, odd boosts, or the hundreds of ways to wager. It's about the immortal words of Caesar himself. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesar's Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesar's Sportsbook app, become a Caesar's Rewards member today, and get more with everyone wager must be 21 or older to gamble gambling problem call or text 1-800-522-4700 so you've gotten into motivational speaking now tell me how that started and what have been some highlights for you
1: i was a sophomore at kent i had a really good freshman year uh, and i was uh, you know I was, I was your typical kent state wrestler partying and going to class and study table uh so i was in architecture and then the athletic director pulled me out take me to his office set a stack of papers down in front of me and uh i thought i was getting kicked out of school also on the most realest thing like because like on that weekend before the cops just got called to my to our wrestling house okay because it was just because it, it was just way too wild <laughs> And then our coach found out and like every, it was, it was, it was a, it was a big ordeal that was going on like that week. Mm-hmm. So then to get called to the office and have a stack of papers in front of me, I was just like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he told me to open it and it turns out all these Syrian kids had wrote me these letters. And, um, they were in like a really small school in Akron, actually. Uh, like a makeshift school, they were refugees uh, that were sent, sent out here yeah, yeah. it was like during like, that time, a couple uh-huh. years ago and um, they had watched my documentary, got really inspired you know, I was in college, the documentary was out at that point, but like I was really just like I don't know, I'm in college, I was trying to win still, you know, f- focused on like what I gotta do waking up at 5am,
0: going to practice yeah, you're a student athlete, yeah, yeah,
1: doing all this doing that, living the life yeah. and um, it just kind of brought me back down to earth real quick. You know, I was kind of I was I, honestly I was kind of on my high horse and it really humbled me. Uh just to realize, like understand what these kids were going through, like their parents had sent them over to the United States just so like they'd escape the war so they'd have a chance to live, you know. And it was uh it was like when when stuff like that's going on it puts things in real perspective. Yeah. So then I asked them what I could do uh and to, like to do for these kids. I didn't even, I've never even spoke before. And at that time I was failing public speaking. Like, for real, like, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know. Like, I'm thinking in the back of my head, what the hell are you doing, dude? Why are yeah. you asking to speak to these kids? You're failing the same class of something you want to do. Like, but I was just, I, I was just like, adamant. I was like, yeah. what can I do? Like, can I go give them shirts? Can I take some of my scholarship money? Maybe, like, help, like, can, so Kent State can make them something. Like, I was wondering, I was thinking of, like, anything I could do.
0: Because, mm-hmm. like, I might
1: have had all the success. I was still broke. Uh, so.
0: We didn't have NIL. Or maybe did you? To where you could make money
1: oh no no no. that was like a year after i was going yeah so stupid yeah yeah so you know how much money i could have made being at kent state oh my god i was so lit when i was there yeah like you you logged into the student portal and my face was the first thing you saw with my headgear on, just mossing some cat yeah you know and it was there like two years straight they had shirts clark 125 like you could get in the school store. I never saw a dime. I was yeah. so upset. I was like,
0: this is so stupid. We need, and I still like, got a shirt, called, too. We need like <laughs> NIL reimbursements for when we were in college. Yeah, I
1: know. Right? Listen, make that a thing. I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want
0: to start a campaign? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: uh, but so,
0: anyway, sorry.
1: It was uh, just everything that was going on. Like, it was just I just, I was an athlete. Um, I ended up uh, getting, uh, you know, BSN Sports out in Ohio. Uh, the athletic the TV, yeah yeah they they uh, I director reached out to them told them what was going on and like you know it was kind of helped out like I was like the newly recent dude on like Netflix I was blowing up across the world you know so they were like we got this guy and they' were, like oh sh-. so then boom got them all shirts this little girl made a design and um, it said be design but it was like a her drawing with like the Kent oh, cool. State colors yeah that's dope. a little like a little eagle like you know kid eagle that she drew. Yeah yeah so i like it really i was like this is this this is awesome
0: <laughs> yeah then you spoke to them
1: after. yeah i, was at a, I made a, did a surprise visit oh. now it ended up getting recorded by like fox 8 news and all this other stuff i didn't know that was happening i was mm-hmm. literally purely excited to see these kids you know and i like i, I peeked on a corner i was like
0: uh, <laughs> yeah it
1: was so fun
0: yeah <laughs> so how how do you go about like, did you have a speech ready or is this just Absolutely something where not. you just, I just tell wanted, story? I wanted to tell
1: those kids, thank you for writing me letters. That's really okay. why I was
0: there. I heard you talk about in another interview that you're like, okay, I'm different, but this is all I've ever known. And yeah. you don't make excuses, but there are so many people and like myself being one of them, like I make excuses or like feel bad for myself yeah. or do it like all the time. So how, like who instilled that in you to really... Kind of believe in yourself and really go after anything that you wanted Was that just you?
1: And that was uh, Percy McGee, the assistant wrestling coach at Masson yeah. at the time, because he was he was terrifying. <laughs> I remember uh, this man wouldn't let us leave the wrestling room one na- one night. The parents are outside. Wouldn't let us leave because we weren't like getting the time sprints right. Mm. So we were just sprinting. We had to get down and back across the wrestling room in five seconds. Yeah, or we had to keep going. Yeah. And if the heavyweight didn't make it, remember we have
0: one person. in The team doesn't make it. It's the same with basketball. Yeah, yeah. and
1: the heavyweight—he's the biggest, lowest guy on the team, two hundred eighty-five pounds. Down and back, five seconds. But like, listen, he got that done. One—he had this one push, dude was flying, floating, and we all got to go home. Yeah, but like, it's brutal. You <laughs> like wrestling is brutal. Like you would think, like if you are, like you just like you got kids, you have youth kids. That are like, like crying in practice because mm-hmm. like they got dropped and then the coach is just screaming at them. Yeah. Because like wrestling's like, wrestling, if you're in a match against, if you're at the college national championship, you're in a match and you get upset, the other guy's just gonna beat you even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you gotta instill that toughness so early on. So, like, sometimes it's tough watching these kids cry. But I'm like, ah, right, get, get up, you're fine.
0: <laughs> so, so that seems to be the coaching style that like pushes your buttons because that oh, was the same. Yeah,
1: no, like he'd really be like on me every time, like I was making some sort of mistake, and like he yeah. meant well. Like, shoot, I just saw him last time. I went back home a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and, um, and like he's always he always pushed me like to that next level. I remember, I remember the day it was sectionals, the sectional championships to get the districts. And I lost my semifinal match. And he took me and my boy Kyle, who had also lost his semifinal match, and my boy Noah, who also lost his semifinal match, all into the locker room and, like, slammed each one of us on the locker and, like, told us, like, if you don't get this job done, yeah, we've been together, we've been working all of it. Because, like, I've, we, I've known him, him and, like, the Donahue's and all of them for a long time. He's like, if you guys don't come through on this, don't ever talk to me. And I was like, oh, um, I was like, yeah, no, it was scary. Yeah. It was terrifying. Like me and my boys were looking at each other like, <laughs> like we should we should go out there and we should go out there and wrestle. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> you know? We should get this done.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, and then we all won and we all made it to districts.
0: Let's do it. Yeah. I have I have a story that I've I've told multiple times, but I feel like it was really kind of a turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was a, a freshman who played on varsity and I played a significant amount of minutes. I started some games and we were a really good team. Mm-hmm. Barbara and girls basketball, we were good <laughs> when yeah. I was there. Um but my coaches were really, really tough on me. And like the girls bullied me and I was I was like crying a lot. Like I leave practice pretty much every night in tears and like upset because they were so tough on me. I'd miss a shot and I would get reamed out. Another girl missed a shot and they were like you know whatever and so i scheduled a meeting with my coaches and i was like you know i'm just like having a hard time like you guys are really like tough on me it seems unfair this and that and my coaches, like they looked me straight in the eye, and they said, "Well, Rachel, you can get thick skin, or we can put you on JV. Like, just let us know what you want to like, do." Oh
1: my god, <laughs> I'm like you're ruthless, <laughs>
0: right? And and but it was at that moment that I was like, "Okay, I just have to toughen up." Yeah, because, you you gotta
1: get. You just gotta do the job,
0: right? I was like, I was the only freshman playing on varsity, like, and they were hard on me because they knew there was more in me that I could give. You know, like they, they really believed in me, and so they took that route. Yeah. Do you feel underestimated when you go out on the mat against your opponents?
1: No, not anymore. Um, I used to because cats didn't used to like really know me yet. Mm -hmm. But I started making waves throughout the world in sport of wrestling and martial arts. Now, I walk up to somebody if we're about to go, they really try to rip my head off because if they don't, I'm going to do it to them. Yeah, and that's that's just like that's that mentality of. Listen, I'm here now and you're like, whether you want me to be here or not, I'm here, you know, and either you, you knock for your buck. <laughs>
0: is that, is that your life motto? Like, what is your life motto?
1: Well, my life motto is no excuses. Okay. You know, I live that to the fullest, but at the same time, I really love to fight and I really enjoy wrestling. Yeah. And I'm pretty decent at both, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I would say so. It's like no excuses, but that mentality is what keeps me driving. When I'm fine. I get punched in the face, I smile. When I'm getting choked out, I relax. You know what I mean? Because sometimes that's what you just, that's what you need to do. You know, and sometimes when you're getting choked out, if actually, if you relax, it's easier to get away than if you're fighting. Most holds in MMA, the more you try to resist, the tighter things are going to get.
0: Do you know it's actually a trick for your brain? Like you said, when you get punched in the face, you smile. So you know how there are some times when you get hurt, I don't know if this applies to you, but it applies to me, where I laugh and I don't understand why I'm laughing, but it's actually a good thing because then your brain doesn't associate the pain with like such a negative emotion. Yeah, I mean sometimes I, I so sometimes I associate
1: <laughs> pain with anger, but that's like you gotta learn how to control it.
0: But if and you use it. Wouldn't you know? that be hilarious though? You get punched in the face, you start laughing.
1: No, I've I've sometimes there have been times where I've been like, bam, like ha I was Like, like, cause it hurt. Yeah. But I'd be like, "Nice shot," you know right. what I mean? I'm gonna give you your kudos, and I'm gonna punch you in the mouth, <laughs> and then we're gonna just keep this thing going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's how that's a, that's that's fighting.
0: So what's on the horizon for you? What's next? What are Shoot, your goals my, right one now? Of my
1: main focuses is this fight. Okay. October 29th. Uh, been like just really dialing in, getting my stuff, like getting my technique down. Because like when it comes to a fight, you gotta be ready. Like people, like there's like so many, there's only so many different things you can do to defend a certain move, but you got to learn all those things. Right. So you can be ready. If someone decides to counter one way, you can attack a different way. If they counter that, go to the third way. and If you don't get that, go back to the first one. Right? You have an idea that you could possibly work, do it.
0: Yeah, It's a playbook in a sense, but it's like a reactive playbook. You know, you yeah, have all like these things in your right, arsenal, yeah. but you need to know you you, you don't know what's going to come at you. Yeah. So you got to be ready with everything yeah. that you got.
1: But yeah, nah, it's awesome. Fighting is definitely something I see myself doing for the next 10 years or so.
0: so yeah. So we're reaching the end of the game. I have some buzzer beaters for you. Mm-hmm. Describe your ideal courtside food and drink combination.
1: A Modelo, uh, some pretzels, Twizzlers, and popcorn.
0: I'll take it. Yeah. Who was one person, dead or alive, that you would love to sit courtside with?
1: LeBron James.
0: I'll take that. Is he the go? I was going to ask you, to you, as an Ohioan. Yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I think one of the youngest ever in the NBA to be at the world, be at the finals. For like his first like first couple seasons ever yeah. in the NBA, leading yeah. his team yeah. at that, you're 18 years old, leading an NBA team to a champ, trying to lead them to a championship, and having a lot of success on the way there. At that too, you know that. What 18 year old do you see doing that right now? None. Even like, and I know they changed the rule, but yeah. okay. What 21 year old do you see doing that now? Or 20 year old do you see doing it now? None. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we grew up in that area too, so we were able to witness it like from oh the high, high school like, on.
1: Being, being growing up having lebron mainly in cleveland all the time that's like a that was like a huge flex for me
0: yeah you know I mean?
1: like everybody talking about like their favorite team when i'm somewhere else that a wrestling me talking to other wrestlers like bro you know i'm from camp bro cleveland's only like an hour away we got lebron james bro yeah you know what i mean like yeah for real and he and he is to me in the go on every right uh he might not have as many rings but he's got the stats and the the numbers over consecutive counting years
0: and he says he wants to play until bryce is there too which is insane
1: that'll be that'll be amazing we'll
0: see if it happens
1: imagine lebron james on the team with lebron james with bryce (laughs)
0: james (laughs) with lebron brownie and bryce and what is one event in history that you would have loved to have been courtside for
1: Watching Jesse Owens break the 100-meter record at the Olympic Games in Nazi Germany back in the day in front of Hitler and James, being a black man you, doing it.
0: Were you prepared <laughs> for this interview? That was the quickest. Oh, uh, no. That's one of my things I, I always think about.
1: Because, like, I'm a track athlete. I, I won my state title at Jesse Owens Stadium. That's dope. And I have a picture of me with hell of medals, yeah. just like Jesse Owens did when he won. Yeah. Like, he used well, track and field. I've, I've read into him a lot. And looked up to, still look up to him a lot. He is a GOAT
0: in every sense. So where can our courtside club audience find you on socials and the fight obviously October 29th? We'll stay on the lookout for that.
1: Uh, if the fight look for the promotion here the next week or so. Uh, social media, Instagram is Big Z ninety seven, Facebook is just me, Zion Clark, uh, Snapchat is Big uh, underscore Z nineteen ninety-seven. Twitter is Big Z. Uh, uh, Those TikTok is Big Z, no excuses.
0: Zion, thank you so much for coming on the Courtside Club. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.